0: Well, hey, 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 Emily. How are you? Nice to see you. Hey,
1: hey, hey, Michelle. I am doing great. Thank you. I'm really excited for our show today. I'm glad to be back in the studio. Um, Made it back in town just in time for us to have some fun tonight. I know. you You have been busy. I have been busy. I know. We had a great week last week. So much fun! Yeah, we went to the women's
0: TEDx event. I know that was so inspiring. What great speakers they had!
1: Yes, women in St. Louis doing all kinds of incredible things, and I'm pretty sure several of them are going to be visiting our show here before yeah. long. Yeah, we were so. gonna we're gonna
0: put together from our different interviews we had. We'll have a we'll do a release of some of those interviews out as an episode, a bonus episode That's for right. our listeners as well. Yeah, we we so. we
1: interviewed before the um, talks actually started. We interviewed several women that were attending Mm -hmm. and uh really great stories oh my gosh it was it was even even though there was one woman who was like i'm not interesting you don't want to interview us we're like "Mm, we don't believe you and sure enough fascinating fascinating yes so that was fun we had uh goodness i had a fashion event here in town there was a project runway now has a new season so i was invited to this Viewing party that had the whole cast and crew, or not the crew, but the 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 cast—Carly Kloss and um, Christian Sariano—and all of them were at this party. Why were they
0: here for that? Why not in New York or whatever? Well,
1: so th- apparently they're doing watch parties where all of the cast members are from. Oh, so Carly okay. Kloss is from here, from St. Louis. So they had a big party here um, downtown St. Louis, and was it well? Attended. It was very well. It was very well attended, uh-huh. and uh, it was it was pretty cool. I'm yeah. gonna have to say, like uh, you know, peace, people were really dressing it up and yeah um yeah and they they did a and a before the um the the premiere of the show started it was it was really marvelous that's exciting. so that's exciting
0: yeah well you're going to be on like everybody's you know uh, uh a-list list you oh. know invite list to come to these things uh, fashion wise And well i was cuz that was a, that was like the second fashion thing you've done in, that's like, right in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Has anybody ever seen Christian <laughs> Emily and fashion? I don't know. I'm like, I'm having a hard time putting those two things together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> definitely had some fun. Definitely. And then, of course, I capped it out over the weekend by doing some uh, performances with the Trans Siberian Orchestra.
0: So that was a lot of fun. I know, a lot of driving, though, to get to this. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. A lot of time to listen to. Um, Podcasts, podcasts, <laughs> especially ours, right? That's right. Yeah, I'm then, all caught up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, boy, I was funny back in season one, episode nineteen. That was like the funniest. Yeah, yeah. way back then. Way back. So, yeah. what about you? What's been happening in your world? Gosh, Um, you know, I I was all at TEDx event. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. My mom was in town. Oh, wonderful. Uh, she. Wait, we, we saw her um, um, in th- in Oklahoma for Thanksgiving. And then uh, she spent another week with us here in St. Louis before she went back to her home in Tennessee. And uh, we have a new cat. Yes, because you of do. that, and his name is Salem. What a cute And uh, he is. was my he he had come to my mom's property in Tennessee. She couldn't keep him. Her husband has a, a an allergy to cats, and so she tried him out in Oklahoma at my sister's. And um, Salem is about a two year old male cat. And my sister has a cat and they were trying to, you know, she was doing the whole acclimating them together. And uh, when she would, well, I know that there's many cat listeners of our podcast, podcast listeners who are cat people scratch that <laughs> yeah. I don't think we have you know we might have one or two cat listeners but uh, but we we do have many listeners who love cats and this is my first cat ever but uh, my sister was doing all of the right things but her cat just wasn't taking to Salem mm. and so when she would put her cat Willow up in the back room and let Salem run around he would run around and play and then go sit on my son William's lap oh. and then get get down and run around and play some more and then come back to William's lap I was like I think he's selecting William to be yeah. his person. And so when I, I made the offer to my sister, if it doesn't work out, um, have mom bring the cat to us. And mom brought us the cat. And she's oh, nice. very excited. And, and you know, Willow, I'm not Willow, but Salem does, uh, um, he's acclimating. And my, so Salem is only, <laughs> this whole podcast today is about the cat. But um, <laughs> Salem is staying in the basement with William, you know, because I have two dogs, right? Mm-hmm. My two dogs are clueless that there's a cat in the house. They're like they. I joke around that uh, you know when they die and they go to doggy heaven and they're meeting like you know Saint Dog the Pe- Saint Peter the dog or whatever and this and Saint Peter's going to say you get now get to stay in the penthouse because you were so kind to the cat that lived in your house. My dogs are to go. What cat? There's a cat in our house. When did that happen? So um, yeah, we did that and uh, oh. um, that's our that's exciting news. It was nice to have my mom in town and uh, and oh, see her. That sounds really. Yeah. Cool. Great! Wow. Yeah. So
1: well, we're glad and glad to have you back and have an extended family. And you know what? I'm really excited to get to the wine part today.
0: I know, I know. So
1: should we talk about
0: that? We can talk about the wine part, absolutely. Okay. This is a little different. I mean, I know I'm really we, switching it up. We are like breaking all kind of uh, uh, boundaries here on season three. You know, we are. So for this show. Um because we
1: are in the throes here of holiday season. Um I thought it might be fun to provide an option that's good for holiday entertaining. So what we have here is a box wine.
0: A, we've never done a box we've wine. We've
1: never done a box wine.
0: On the show we have done box wines right. plenty of times in our personal lives, but uh, this
1: one came from the wine merchant and so I trusted that it would be excellent because they always everything mm-hmm. they they carry is you know they've vetted out, and so um, it, the brand is called I Am. I like that. And this is I Am Pinot Noir. So this is from Romania, and um, this is a, a really great deal. It's seventeen dollars, and there's four bottles of wine in this box. And it
0: has the literally speaking pink.
1: It does. So it was just meant to. It was meant to come meant home for with us.
0: us. So
1: uh, I actually, you know, I've had a few box wines from them before. I've liked them all. I think this is very approachable. I think this is something that for people who like wine, they're not going to be disappointed. They're not going to be like, oh, this is just a crappy box wine. But I think people who don't know wine are not going to be intimidated by this. So I really think this is a perfect kind of you're having an event.
0: Part, uh, uh, wine. If you get four bottles for seventeen ninety nine, that's um, fantastic, right? Yeah, and this is and this isn't something you are going to be like, oh, I don't really want to share it with anybody because it's only seventeen ninety nine, right? There is plenty. Yeah, yeah. So
1: it is a little unappealing when you pour it. It Doesn't have the same sound, you know. It sounds it sounds it's like
0: someone's using the restroom. It does. It
1: does. That's yeah. All. I
0: mean, you know, we're honest here on the show. We're right. going to tell you like it is.
1: But that's the nature of it, of this vessel. But I'm I like it. I I on the nose. I'm getting. Um, Um, kind of like this bright cherries, kind of tart cherry on the nose and some earth and red berries and some currant. Um, I think that this is really, on the palate, it's nice and smooth and really soft and easy to drink. Um, It's not very complicated, but it's very uh, pleasing. What do you think?
0: I would have to agree with you on this. This is a very easy... um glass of wine to drink, I think it would be very easy to drink it, a lot of it. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> Hallelujah, it's in a box. <laughs> Hallelujah, it's in a box. <laughs> Hallelujah, it's four bottles, you know. <laughs> and it's deceiving because it's in a box and you're not going to actually see that you've been through a bottle and a half On you know, watching mm-hmm. you know, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, if you will. You're right. It's not complicated. It's uh, doesn't require like a, a meal to go with it. Right. It, uh, it, it's your I think it's your Perfect lonely day wine or celebrate it with everybody else wine. Yeah.
1: Um, so is this kind of like an everyday panty? I think this is like an everyday panty. Yeah.
0: Non-complicated uh, mm-hmm. you know an you know, what does everyday panty mean to you? Does it mean a black pair? Does it mean a white pair? Does it mean, you know It could mean no pairs, it could be no panties, you know? right? It could, be, it could be any of those things. Right. But it's just a good everyday panty. But I wouldn't recommend sharing your panty with somebody no, else. no, no. Share no, no, the no. wine, but not the panty. <laughs> we, we do, we do. Fair have, enough. We do have limitations. We have boundaries. Boundaries. On yes. You know what? And the panty should be, clearly speaking, pink.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I I'm, there you, I'm go. With to you match there. the box. To match that the sounds box. fair enough. Well, tell us a little bit about our guest that we have on a Zoom call
0: with us today. Our guest is uh, making some, uh, squeezing us in, in her very, very busy schedule out there in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and she is nationally and internationally known comedian, Jackie Cation. Jackie, welcome to Clitorally Speaking, the podcast.
2: Hello, Clitorally Speaking. I am speaking, to avec uh, un clitoris. I don't know. I assume clitoris is a feminine word in French. Uh, how you guys doing?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we've never looked it up. And yeah, like, that's a surprising question that we, that we have not thought to look that up I know, yet. especially because you're such a Francophile I yourself,
1: know, Emily. I know. That's amazing. Well, now I have something to do later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, <Awesome. laughs> now I have
2: something to do. That's awesome. That's hilarious.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because she doesn't have much. She's, she's right. looking for things to do. Right. Oh my gosh. Um, but I, I wanted just to give everybody like a little, our listeners little um, background. I had gone to see, um, the Maria Bamford show here in St. Louis and Jackie uh, in August of 2018 and Jackie opened for Maria and I was like, she is absolutely hilarious, funny. Um, mm-hmm. I was right in front. Um, sure, Jackie Thank rem- you. For sure, Jackie remembers that. <laughs> and then after the show, Jackie was hanging out at her merch table talking to people and I was like, maybe she'll do an episode with us. I uh, And you said, yeah, sure. Just email me, email me. And I don't know how many people right. actually take you up on that when you're like, yeah, sure, email me.
2: <laughs> it's uh, it's a attainable goal. It's entirely uh, a scheduling. Uh, the The hardest part is scheduling. So August of 2018. So it's almost no, a no, year no. Later.
0: Sorry, no, August of 2019. I forgot what year this is. <laughs> it was just August. It was just this August. This past uh, a couple August. months ago. Like, okay. The, yeah, yeah. Like the tenth. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry.
2: Oh, okay. Sorry everybody. Um, oh good. Oh nice. Yeah. So uh, we did a per- we we did it fast then. Good for us. Yeah, we mm-hmm. did. Yeah. Super super fun. That's that uh the one of the heliums, I think. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Yep, and uh it was a great show. I have your Dork Forest uh tea towel hanging on my um on my uh, oven. Uh uh Oh
2: that's door. Maria's tea towel with her wearing my Dork Forest t shirt. okay. Oh, uh, it's very okay. sweet. Yeah. We- in all in all of our head in both of our headshots we're wearing each other's merch. So okay. uh, we've been we've been friends for a long time. <laughs> so <laughs> it's very nice of her to bring me on the road. She's an amazing comic. I don't know if people know Maria's work, but Maria Bamford is easily one of the I would say three or four best working comics in the world today.
0: Yeah, she was amazing. I, I really enjoyed the show.
1: What was that like for you joining her tour? And like when when you got that call to like, oh yeah, you you can open for her.
2: Hello. I've been we've been friends since ninety two. Okay. So I've been yeah I've been opening for uh she uh, she likes to uh, she has some anxiety so she likes to hang with friends mm-hmm. and so like I'm I'm going on the road this week and I'm bringing a friend with me because the stand up on the road can be super lonely and kind of just, you know, it's just nice to have someone that you know to go up before you and sort of lay the groundwork. And, and it's nice to pick someone super funny so that you raise your game. Sort of, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you ever played basketball, but if you play basketball with somebody who's better than you, your game is actually better. Uh, in the
0: long run. I do appreciate you answering my email and uh, finding time in your schedule. I know you had a lot of travel that you just, you know, finished up out, out outside the country and then um I was not aware that you are also leaving like right away as soon as we're done on this recording mm-hmm. practically to get travel some more. <laughs> right. I was in France, weirdly <laughs>
2: enough.
0: Really? Did did you find out if clitoris
2: was a French word while you were there? That's what I assume Duolingo would have told me if I would have continued with my Duolingo uh, <laughs> lesson. I'd l-
1: really love to see the emoji that they have in their program of, you know, what their clitoris <laughs> emoji would look like. <laughs> so I have a question. Um, I'm like, I have lots of questions. So, um, but I I am curious, at what point did you realize that you wanted to be a comedian? Like how... I, were you just always naturally funny and people encouraged you to pursue that path or what, oh, what transpired? Wow.
2: I don't know if anyone has that story. That would be so funny if that was like, it was such a beautiful existence <laughs> where people encouraged you to do something. <laughs> but no, but I will say this is I was uh, 19 in Madison, Wisconsin, which is where I'm going to be actually next week doing, I'm doing comedy on state, but I started at college. I went and saw a standup comedy and I always wanted, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to act. I wanted to, I knew I wanted to be performance and do art and stuff like that. I did a lot of drawing. And, but I didn't know, even know what stand-up comedy was. So we went and saw stand-up comedy. I got super drunk, huh? <laughs> and Imagine then I that in college. At the, exactly. <laughs> uh, the drinking age back in the 12th century when I was at 19 was 18. So uh, I was just hammered. And I was just uh I kept talking to the comic and finally the manager came over and said, Hey, open mic is on Sunday. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and so I came back three weeks later, did open mic and literally got a one point eight that semester. It uh wow. I really, really fell world <laughs> with stand up. Yeah. Yeah, I I ended up doing stand-up seven nights a week the first eight months that I fell apart. And then, so then I just, I ended up graduating, thank you very much, <laughs> uh, BA, political science. Uh, nice, and nice. then I, um, yeah, and then I moved to Minneapolis to pursue it sort of seriously, which meant that I only had a day job for the next 13 years.
0: Okay, so you don't you do yep. not have a day job now. You are solely a, supporting a, yourself it, on your comedy it, entirely. Nice. nice, sure. And how did your family react when you said that you were going to do this? Um, you wanted to make this a, your reality.
2: So, my entire family is in some sort of sales. And so the pitch, my father's just like, well, you're just selling jokes. You just got to make sure you make good money. And, uh, and so he was never discouraging. My parents are uh, very supportive of anything we want to do as long as it doesn't cost them any money.
0: Right, I, I can agree with that. My kids would tell you that I'm the same way.
2: <laughs> exactly. And so when I they never, they never took it as seriously as I did until I got on TV. And then they were like, oh, you do stand-up.
1: <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, yeah. How long did that, like, how long had you been doing stand-up before you had had, had a TV appearance?
2: I think, I, I think my first TV spot was in 94. Okay. And I started in 84. Wow. So it's a, it could be a slow road. And, um, I mean, other people have done sort of better, faster, you know, or gotten further, more renown, or whatever, uh, the quicker that I have, but I don't, uh, I mean, there's, I've had to sort of make peace with it. You know, you're just like, I get to do stand of comedy, which is the thing I want to do. And I get to do it for a living. Another win. I get to do it and people like it. Uh, so, uh, I'm good at it. And that's of course. The best part of it, you know, is that people I genuinely like what I do. So, mm-hmm. and I get to make a living at it. So I've already, I mean, if I'm never famous, who cares? It's, right. It sounds like a pain in the ass to be famous anyway. So uh I'll, it'll be fine. Well, I have to. I going warn- to be well respected.
0: I was going to say we're, we're going to warn you since you're going to be on our podcast. You're going to be famous now. They're going to be. They're going to be.
2: This, tri- is, this, is it. <laughs> this is it. The clitoral bump. <laughs> Please call it the clitoral bump now. <laughs> you know, the
0: clitoral bump. Um, so when you said that uh, it, you know, it, it took you a while, and that you had to come to the grips that you, you know, um, that your trajectory it was like a long but slowly increasing. Arrow, graph, uh, whatever that is, line. Um, What was it because you had always been. The kind of person that it was like. Um, I don't need to have a whole lot of things to make me feel important, like a like you know, an Audi, a Mercedes, or the biggest house, or like the material portions of it.
2: Well, I would love to tell you that I'm some sort of uh, you know. Well, I'm not materialistic, but I, I I think I'm as materialistic as anybody. I like crap. Yeah. I enjoy mm-hmm. a shiny plastic crap from Target. I enjoy uh, less shiny. Or even shinier, non crap that's not plastic from Tiffany's.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I love all
2: the things, right? Yeah. I love yeah. all your fancy stuff. I like your non fancy stuff, but the thing is, is there's a certain point what your life looks like, and sort of be happy with it. Or, um, I mean, the biggest, the biggest problem in stand up, I think, is when you uh, you could get bitter, like okay. like a lot of comics can get mad. That they that they didn't that they didn't get all the things. <laughs> and by the way, getting mad that you didn't get all the things doesn't get you the thing. Yeah, which is weird. Uh, so I I think it was explained pretty easily that you know that I I would see that sort of fairness, and I would I would be I I. It's a certain amount of vigilance to not get. Because I I still get jealous. I get envious. I have human emotions. Yeah. uh, Where where I see other people getting work and I think, well, and then I just, I do make peace with it and just go, well, uh, uh, Mark Grossman isn't going to book you to headline his rooms, even (laughs) though... Other people don't fill the rooms either. He just doesn't like your stand-up as much as he likes those other people. And so if someone doesn't like my stand-up enough to sort of believe in me, I have to fucking let it go. Yeah, you know, can right. I swear? How's yeah, that oh, yeah, okay. you can totally swear so, on the show. Yeah. So
1: so yeah okay. I mean so I can uh, see yeah. rather than you know material I mean yeah we all love our shiny things but rather than the the material rewards as a performer booking certain venues you know um, are a huge a huge thing to celebrate I I noticed that you um, did a, a a spot on um, the uh, Prairie Home Companion Show, which, you know, was oh, right. I grew up listening to. And you being from Wisconsin, I can imagine that that was like, oh, yay. <laughs> I don't know, but I could see as a performer how amazing that would be to get certain cool. opportunities. Yeah, that's great.
2: It is kind of great. I mean, the stuff that I have gotten to do, you know, I mean, I could uh, let people know I get work. Uh, there, <laughs> I play real venues. <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> Brody Stevens. Anyway, right, rest in peace. Anyway, so but the thing is, is so like I just opened for Brian Regan, who is an amazing comic, yeah. but for ten thousand people in Salt Lake City in a stadium in the round. That's great. Brian Regan it, brings me on the road sometimes, much like Maria does, and he got to do like last year. It was Carnegie Hall, yeah. and I got to play Carnegie Hall. Wow, and so. that was hilarious and, uh, and awesome. Right. Okay, And then uh, I've got to do a couple of TV spots. Go ahead. So you are going
0: to know you're walking on the stage to do 10,000 people at Carnegie hall. And Emily has a similar, you know, she's played, um, cello for large, uh, uh stadium venues herself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. just got back from one. So, you know, my question for, oh, wow. for you guys is like, cello. how do you, how do you maintain your, you know, your composure, um, not pee on yourself before you walk out, you know, on the stage. I mean, what do you do? All right, do you have your Fitbit going to like notify you if your heart rate gets too high? You know, what's your pre pre show calm your jitters if there are any
2: jitters. Do you have a game? Do you have anything I, to do? You know
1: what? It was so funny because I, I had the first time I played a house that had 17,000, it was like, wow. <sighs> so what, for what? a moment, I was a little like, okay, this is kind of a big deal. But then as soon as I walked out, it felt so right that it, I was not nervous anymore. And so then like, I just got, I just got back. I was um, d- doing a, a series of performances with Trans-Siberian Orchestra this last weekend. And um, same thing, like, I walked out, it just felt really like, I'm supposed to be here. Yeah, okay. So for me, it's just, uh, um, I don't know,
0: I, I... realizing I, that it's meant to be i suppose i don't know and and i, I
1: played narrator number 2 played.
0: i played i played narrator number 2 That's at a local right. christian church yeah <laughs> so there were there were 45 oh. people and i uh i wowed them i brought them all to jesus i certainly did with my with, Congratulations. My, with my sultry voice yes they uh, i yeah.
1: love that you brought them to jesus with your sultry voice <laughs>
0: exactly i was being i was being biblical but not really biblical you know
2: <laughs> well, that's what Jesus would have wanted you to do. Yes, so yes. it's all it's all working out. It's what all would
0: Jesus do? Yeah, but yeah. well, what would Jackie do? WWJD?
2: Uh, what I usually do it's the reason I do stand up comedy is because I I think it's fun, and the reason I do anything uh, you know professionally is because it's and. Things like Carnegie Hall or the, the thing in the round or when you do a theater or when you do a TV show, um, it's kind of ridiculous that you're doing it. Because when you were a child, you're like, oh, I want to be on TV or I want to I want to, you know, do something fancy. Um, and then when you're about to do something fancy or ridiculous, you're just like, There's, I have to laugh at it because it tends to break the tension. And then once you get up on stage, you just do the thing that you've been doing for the last 35 years. <laughs> so it doesn't, what I, I did last comic standing, I mean comic. So he comes off stage. He literally, he grabs me by the shoulders and he goes, guess what? It's just stand up comedy. Once you get out there, you tell your first joke, you're just doing the thing you do. And you're looking at several thousand people and they're, Beaming it to, you know, NBC or whatever, but it's not that big of a. I mean, you're really just performing for the people in front of you, mm-hmm. which is why people should see stand up comedy live instead of on television. Mm-hmm. It's better.
0: Oh, I think it's so much fun to go see stand-up comedy. Um, it's always inspiring, you know. It's always like, oh, you know. Um, and then uh, I also like to see how you interact with um, with the folks that do find themselves compelled to talk back and <laughs> and heckle, you know. Because I, I I just like to see how things are handled and the uh, nuances there, you yeah. know. Because, um, yeah, it's interesting. What like do you have a favorite uh, heckler? Uh, story, Can't, yeah, <laughs> or way you handle them, or how ha- how you handled one.
2: Oh God! Oh, everyone, everyone does have their their heckler story. I have my heckler story. L- Luckily, it's been pretty good for for uh, several years. It's been, uh, I guess. Oh, we mentioned Jesus. This is a good one. <laughs> I'm in. Um, hang on, I think I lost you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can hear you. Wise. There you go. You. There you are. Okay. Hi. Hi. Hi guys. Okay. So um, actually, that was Bamford calling me on my phone. Oh. On my so, uh, but here's the scoop: is so I'm in northern Michigan doing an Indian casino, and uh, oftentimes at Indian casinos, there's a couple of rules: you can't swear, you can't um, mention uh, the tribes, can't you mention can't, the clitoris, uh, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and you and you can't you can't swear and you can't. Um, Usually, be very mean to the audience because they're trying to keep them there. To you know, it's a business. Yeah. So it's not, and it's not just a regular stand-up business where people come thinking that they're going to be jerks. Anyway, so I'll, always at, an, at a casino, there's usually um, security guards, and there was through my set. But during my set, there were these two guys in the front row who were just getting more and more drunk and just talking to me, not not even heckling, not even yelling anything rude, just literally interrupting everything and slurring their words and just talking. And I was like, you guys, you have to stop talking. You have to shut up. And I was nice to them. And then I was uh, funny, but mean to them. And then I was kind of mean. And then I looked around for a security guy and get this, no security guy. And if you have to do it yourself, it's super, super mean. It isn't cool. Mm-hmm. It isn't fun for anyone. And so I was like, I'm not allowed to do that. So I. Uh, All what I did was I fell to my knees, made the sign of the cross, and I prayed them out of the room. Oh, my God. That's Uh, so fantastic. For the show. In the show. (laughs) And then the only awkward thing was I had to stand back up and finish my set.
0: It was the getting up off your knees part that was awkward, right? It was like,
2: oh, damn it. Yep, entirely. (laughs) (laughs) As I crawled to my all fours and then stood up. Yes, it was not a gazelle-like moment. But. Who knows? That's funny. It what, worked.
0: What a great way to uh to incorporate it. I was wondering if maybe you would have just brought them up on the stage with you know, with uh, stools and just said, All right, you know, here you're part of the act. Oh.
2: And th- no? Yeah. I'm an improv person. With stand up, you never want to give them the mic and you never want to get them on stage. Okay. Uh because they sometimes they will literally not leave. And <laughs> then you definitely have to get so, yeah, you definitely want to okay. has to be a separation of church and state. Yeah. I'm the church.
0: You're, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great.
1: Who are some of your favorite um, idols in your space?
2: I'll tell you. Literally, I would say right now, working comics. First of all, we're in a golden age of, of stand-up comedy and have been probably for the last 20 years. There's been so many different kinds of comics that have been coming up and a lot of just amazing, like all of the sort of the, the new waves of stand-up comics. Like a lot of younger comics coming up, the generations under me. There's been, back in like the late 90s, of course, there was all those ulti kind of comics. Mm-hmm. The, the Silverman and Zach Alvedek and Karen Gareth and... Um, Shane and, and obviously Mark Maron and all these people mm-hmm. were amazing. And then probably the early 2000s, there was a wave of the bearded youth movement. Remember those like 28 to 35-year-old dudes like Kyle Cadane and yeah. um, really, really funny guys. And that, that's still happening. There's some amazing comics. Like a guy named Sean Patton is, oh, hello, is <laughs> <he's> outstanding. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, there's there's just so many great, Uh, Matt Bronger is really really good Um, and then right now I mean I don't know if you get a chance to see Jenna Friedman or uh, uh, Brandi Posey and there's so many Uh, Carmen Morales, Amy Miller there's uh, Marcella Arguello uh, Ada Rodriguez uh, Tracy Ashley is a little bit older, but she's uh, there was a bunch of you know there was a bunch of half hours that just that uh, April Macy and Tracy Ashley and Ada Rodriguez just did, and two others women that I don't know, but there's like comics you've never even heard of, like Aaron Jackson out of mm-hmm. New York is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but he, but what I would say, and of course there's there's a slew of women comics my age who have been uh, grinding it out for like mm-hmm. thirty years that are just Really, they're continuing to grow and still getting better, which is outstanding. Right now, I would say my favorite comics in the world would be Maria Bamford, uh, a UK guy by the name of Stuart Lee, S T E W, Mm -hmm. Stuart, Stuart Lee, um, uh, a guy who's a generation under me from Minneapolis, a guy named Chad Daniels. Okay. You get a chance to see Chad Daniels, you will, you will blow your damn mind. He's, uh, He's just, he's smart and likable and gruff. And he, I think it's one of his last albums, I think it was named Dad channels And it's, you know, he does a lot of stuff, but he has a couple of kids. And, uh, but he's also, he, he literally, he has, it's, I like standup that comes from a, like an empathetic place, mm-hmm. you know, that, that isn't too self-deprecating and isn't too mean there's different layers of stand up how it can be done. And there's there's observational stuff that is super personal. And that's kind of my favorite stuff. Right. And that's what Stuart, Chad, and Maria are all doing. That's fascinating.
0: And you have me, you do anyway. more observational stuff. It's on your life and things that you see and, and stuff like that from from what I've experienced of, of your your your. Comic.
2: I am also uh, an amazing comic. People should definitely come and see me. Absolutely. So, so get, uh, I
0: do have to say that my son and my son, uh, my sixteen-year-old, thinks you're fantastic, and he got exposed. Excellent. He got exposed to your comedy uh, when we were driving to Oklahoma um, for Thanksgiving, and I said, "Hey, William, I'm interviewing um, this this com- this comedian," and I kept. I I kept saying your name wrong for like all these months and then I said, but let's listen to her. Uh-uh. And I said, "Oh, thank God. I listened to all of her <laughs> shows so now I can pronounce it correctly." Um, but he so we had we had like a 7-hour <laughs> drive. So and he um he and I both had a lot of fun mm-hmm. laughing and he's like, "Mom, she is so amazing and I think it's great that you're going to get to talk to her."
1: <laughs> so, you know, I it's interesting because people get to know you through your comedy. I'm curious, do you ever feel pressure to be funny just in everyday settings?
2: Um, no, no. And so I, yeah. I, I tend to, I tend to just, uh, whenever anybody, I mean, nobody, I was just at a wedding and the two, like sort of the stepdad and the father the bride were like, "You're a comic. I've got jokes for you." <laughs>
0: oh, <great>. and,
2: um, <laughs> it was. It was. They were blessedly uh, very much dad jokes, yeah, and not horrifying, sexist, racist jokes. I actually don't let people tell me jokes, but at weddings, mm-hmm. I let people tell me jokes because uh, you know we're the social. Situation, and it's somebody's dad. Yeah. So yeah. what am I going to do? And I can't really stop him. Right, right. I did have a I did have a guy come up to me after a show in Denver a couple of months ago, and he said, "Oh, I want to tell you a joke." And I said, "You can't. You can't tell me a joke. I I cannot hear it. It uh, it will break my spirit. <laughs> and because uh, they're usually <laughs> they're usually uh, terrible. Yeah. Or they want me to tell a joke, and the only joke I can remember, joke joke wise. Are like these old Minnesota jokes about Sven and Oli, and they're just essentially they're just moron jokes, yep. but with two Norwegian guys named Sven and Oli, and yeah. they're okay, they're they're My- fine.
0: My ex father in law used to always tell the um, the Cajun uh, Boudreaux and Thibodeau jokes, so it's probably Sven and Ollie's um, cousins down in Louisiana. Ah, yes, Sim- similar moron jokes.
1: Okay. Yeah. We, my my um, fiance and I, uh, when we first started dating, um, used to humor ourselves uh, by telling uh, Viola jokes. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: Um, You know, that's that's. I mean, that's to, that's, that's so you, Could <laughs> Did you hear the one about the viola? <laughs> uh,
1: oh, they're great. You know Maybe what, if just you
2: have tears, if you have stringed <laughs> instrument jokes, uh, my sister's actually a violin and a viola player. Okay. So, uh, and, and our viola jokes to kind of the moron jokes of the orchestra. Definitely.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. So if, if you ever want some, I'll send some your way for your <laughs> sister. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to
0: help out that at the holidays. A, right, right.
2: Oh, my God. That's awesome. That's actually hilarious.
0: <laughs> so, um, Jackie, I have, I have another question for you. And it's kind of uh, I'm okay. just curious since you've been you've been doing you know comedy for um, a, a couple of years. How has it been being a female in that industry? And do you find now that the female comics have a, a bigger, greater voice than you had twenty years ago, or is it still still trying to find um, acceptance?
2: Well, the thing about standup is that it's such a hard business. It doesn't matter who you are, right? Mm. But it's like any business where the real test is in the paid gig, right? So it's all well and good, but they only book either showcase acts or they'll book them to MC or feature. They don't have, have uh, women headliners because the real money is in the headlining, right? Right. And, um, or the showcase spots are often not paid at all. And they're like, no, I have live, uh, you know, there's 100 a hundred spots a month that we do and, you know, easily 35 of them are women. And you're like, how many, yeah, but there's really just 12 spots that are paid spots a month. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's three spots, four times a a month, four weeks, MC feature headliner. How many of those are are women? They're like, well, usually three or four. And that's great. And how many of them are MC? And they're like, three or four. And you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's uh, not a livable wage, right? Mm -hmm. So things have definitely changed for the better. One of the great things about it is there's more women, right? So if you're in a green room with a bunch of comics and like for decades, I was the only woman in the room. So if there was a douchebag in the room, if there was some dumb, dum dum of a, of a dude and he would say something gross, some of the other men weren't psyched about it either. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I didn't have any other women in the room to make eye contact with, right? And just go, "Hey, so do you know where the exits are?" Good, yeah. I, and uh, you know this this type of thing, right? Yeah. And now I they do they, they you know other women have someone in the room, and it's been you know much like any industry, they they tend to book one woman because it's sort of like a pack mentality, and then. You're alone. You can't mm-hmm. really complain to anybody, and you and and it's they can make you feel like the one of the boys, or to say mm-hmm. something like that. But then you meet these tens of thousands of decent men in the world who are like, no, that was gross. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah. want, I don't want to have that conversation. So the good thing about more women being there's another woman to make eye contact. The guy who didn't want to jeopardize a spot in the, in the room could also go, yeah, those to are right, it's gross, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. put your dick away, please put your dick away, right, and, right. or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah, so it's it's changed, I think, very much for the better, but it it's the same as any other industry where it's kind of sexist, and you're just plugging along, and you try right. not to, you know, you don't want to make waves, you don't want to be a bitch, you don't but you And you want to make sure you do the job as good or better than all the men around you so that you can get the opportunity. Think about, you know, there are gay comics who don't even get to work straight rooms because they are like, oh, no, they are working the gay rooms. And you're like, no, no, they just want to do stand-up. Right. It's ah. going to be fine. Why don't you just book them, right? Yeah. And then, like, if, if they book three white women a, a, a month in any position, imagine how many black women they're booking or right. black men or Asian men or 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 Latino or Asian or any you know or handicapped. And I'm you know, I mean you could you could do quotas or you could just like the club in Minneapolis that I'm playing this week, Lewis Lee. The way he told he told me, and he leans towards straight white guys just because straight white guys were raised to be squeaky wheels, right? They ask more often than the rest of us. But I will say that what Lewis said that was awesome. He was like, you know, the more different kinds of people that you book in a standup club, the more you get those people from the from the community to come to the. They have money. They have jobs,
0: mm-hmm. and they want to see the, they want to see people that look like them making jokes and or making them laugh. Right.
2: Yeah. Right. It, and. The and I think we've covered the eighteen to thirty four year old straight white dude. Those guys are coming. <laughs> those guys are coming to the show. You want to get yourself? Uh, I don't know, in women or some you know Latino men in their late thirties. Why don't you book that guy mm-hmm. or that woman? You know, and and it's awesome. And yeah, so I mean, sometimes popular culture
1: can influence things in a in a positive way. And I, I you know you know, a show that I know we all love here, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It's so cool to see this, the story of this young, you know, uh, female comedian, you know, kind of break new territory. And I'm wondering if that's actually having an influence in in this space.
2: You know, people mention that show to me all the time. I've never seen it. Oh my God, you Uh, need uh, to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just I just I, finished it. I, I finished season three yesterday, so I'm you know okay. it came it came out Thursday, and I you know I'm done. So now now so they just good. need to write the rest and
2: get season four out. The
1: writing's great. I'm curious who her who's like writing the jokes for her because they're so,
2: marvelous. Right, I, I, I know a couple of comics like Jen Kirkman. She wrote on it for a while, and she might still be doing punch up for it. She's an amazing comic, Jen. If you ever get a chance to see okay. Jennifer Kirkman, uh, Jen Kirkman, and uh, but she. Uh, from what I've heard of the marvelous Miss Basil, it's more all the cool clothes and hairstyles of the fifties, but it's really what it was like to do stand up in the eighties. Oh, women. interesting!
1: Because it's,
2: it's a little bit, and it's relatively accurate, I guess, as much as a sort of a fictional, mm-hmm. you know, sort of having to deal with, and because I guess she's a lot dirtier mm-hmm. than. Uh, Anyone was allowed to be in the 50s and And certainly women. Yeah, 50s and 60s and certainly women. Yeah. So, I mean, it was all illusion, right? You'd say, "Ah, my husband and I, sometimes we like to do it, but you wouldn't even say do it. I don't even know what you would say. Right. (laughs) Sometimes we like like, like, to drink coffee. You know, right, black coffee, <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Right, and once you've and once you've had it with sugar and cream, mm-hmm. you're like, I don't right. know what that.
0: Yeah, it's one. Yeah, it's the other one. Once you've had it black, you never go back. Um,
2: but I, sh- I would like to see it because I hear the acting and the writing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, you know
0: they have three seasons yeah. out now on Amazon. So if you don't have anything, you, you know. Booked or time time available, <laughs> you could probably just like just binge it in like two
2: weeks. Uh, I do want. <laughs> I'm, wa- I'm currently watching The Mandalorian, so I haven't uh, started, uh, started that and, one yet. Ag- Agents of Agents of Shields So those are essentially, and I'm uh, I have some interest in finishing Supergirl. Okay. So I I'm a little bit of superhero heavy rather than uh, more stand of comedy,
1: <laughs> but I'm glad it's good. So you also have a podcast, The Dork Forest. Sure. And there's another one too, right? The Jackie and
2: Lori. The Jackie and Lori. Yeah. Jackie and Lori show. Lori. Okay. Yeah, Lori Kilmartin uh, writes for Conan, and she's also a road comic. But we just celebrate and bitch what we've been talking about right here, stand-up comedy and sort of being a woman in the business and sort of uh, just being a comic. And we're both we're of an age. We're both 54 years old. Oh. And you're like, "Oh, wow, let's let's get some work." And, <laughs> uh, and they no retirement plan for stand-up comedy, right. right? I mean you just keep going until they drag your ass off stage, I guess, and find a box for you. Well, because but- you know,
0: you know the difference between like the female stand-up comics and like the nuns. I mean, you guys—not the nun, the nuns don't have the the uh, the retirement plan either, but they have like a home. Oh, right. You know, it's a commune, right? So, like, when you <laughs> age out of being useful, you do have a place to go live. Live and and eat. the female stand-up what? comics don't have that. No.
2: That's so beautiful. I'm sure Lori would love uh, to create such a thing. If the Jack and Lori, if, if you like the Marvel Smith Maple, you might love the Jackie Lori show because Lori and I never met each other because we were exactly the same age, so we were on the same track. So we never worked together because you
0: can't have two. You can't have two females in the room because it'll be a coven. It'll be like a w- the witches that they'll, they'll put a spell on everybody, right? Is that what happens? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. So how did you meet then? So-
2: we met here in Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, just doing, doing ups around the place. You know, doing around around town, and um, and then the Dork Forest. I've been doing that forever. I got on the hundreds of, the of
0: episodes.
2: Yeah. It says thirteen hundreds, years. Oh my god, thirteen years. Yeah, Amazing. and it's just different people talking about their the thing that they like the best, like their mm-hmm. dorkdom right? Mm-hmm. So the next three episodes, I think, well, t- this, today's episode, who's an actress here in, in Los Angeles, and she enjoys dueling pianos. Oh, yes. okay. Next, yeah, next week's episode, I think it's next week, is Danielle Perez, and her dorkdom is Mariah Carey. The musical ones are kind of the funniest ones, because I've never known anything about music, mm-hmm. so I'm consistently saying things like, So, who's Mariah Carey? (laughs) And then she said, she's like, stop talking. And uh, so, and then I think, wait, next week actually might be Tig Notaro. Oh, my God. uh, Who I love her. You know, Jake, right? An amazing comic. Her dorkdom is veganism. Okay. And she thinks that people should be vegans if they want to be. And then if they don't want to be, they should do whatever they, they want. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and then the one after that is with a comic named Mary Bus legend It's with a lot of comics.
0: Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's your circle, mm-hmm. right?
2: I try to mix it up. And you know who's squeaky? Straight, straight white guys. Straight white guys are the squeakiest wheels. And so I have to actually, this is where I learn more about the sort of the booking and how hard it can be uh-huh. because you're like, Oh, well, I have to go out and find these, it isn't unicorns, right? Trying to find an Asian person who has a dorkdom. Turns out everybody's human. Everybody
1: has a dorkdom.
2: Everybody. So
1: what is your dorkdom? What is your dorkdom? Or one of them. Oh, there's an
2: excellent episode. Right, there's an excellent episode where Maria Bamford interviews me about my dorkdom. And there are two things, baked chicken and romance novels. (laughs) Oh,
0: <laughs> all <laughs> right. Is that baked chicken yeah. with uh, carrots and potatoes? Baked chicken with the carrots and yeah. potatoes. Make some onion on that, or just, just the chicken. That's just the chicken. Yeah. Wow. I like Hallmark movies.
1: So that's that's my dorkdom, yeah. or one of them. So I, have a, I have have a right? lot of them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What but, is yours? What is my dorkdom? Right, right? the Santa. I don't, I don't know. I have to think about that. I'm sure that I, oh. I probably don't actually recognize it as a dorkdom, but somebody else would be like, no, that right. is, that is it. That is your dorkdom. My son accused me today of becoming a hippie, but in a good way.
2: <laughs> okay. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Kathy Ladman, a uh, comic, a uh, great comic, Kathy Ladman. Hers is knitting. And I asked her to be on the show and she said, yeah, but knitting is a dorky. It's cool. And I was like, nope. No, it is not. Uh, please come on the show. <laughs> please come on. The show. Well,
0: we did listen to the episode you had with your brother uh, about his hitchhiking, which was absolutely oh, hilarious. We enjoyed that one, and, yes. I, and I was like, maybe he needs to be on the. Literally speaking, the podcast someday. on our B side. We re- when we interview men, we call it, you know, on the B side, and he,
2: he, he loves all kinds of attention.
0: <laughs> oh. Awesome. Well, that was an uh, an incredible episode. So, if anybody hasn't listened to uh, uh, the Dork Forest and you want a good entry one, definitely, because there's some great sibling play there. You get to learn a little bit more about you guys as you know growing up, and um, he dropped some he dropped make you know dropped some comments about parents, and it's like that's just reality. It's authentic. It's authentic. The conversation, <laughs> and it was
2: nice. Yeah, there's two episodes. There's two episodes with Phil. So okay. there's uh, another episode. Oh, I'll, I'll be the looking- Lord of the. Rings. Ooh! Yeah. see
1: now i will totally get down for that
0: one <laughs> emma yeah. has leggings that are the up. lord of the rings i do
1: map. i have the yes <laughs> middle earth leggings yeah oh very nice mm-hmm yeah so Sorry
0: i can that. relate Sorry about that so um okay you well
2: you guys yeah. i gotta finish decorating my tree yeah
0: i know sure. we have we have we have kept you on the show for um the maximum amount of time and we do appreciate it very, yeah, very much. Thank you so much for joining us today. Wow, it,
2: it was so much fun. It was so great. Yeah. Thanks for having
0: me. And where can people uh, see you next? Well, this will probably come out like right at like beginning of January or like, you know, middle of January. Okay. Yeah. Where,
2: where can- in January, uh, they, they can always go to JackieCashin.com and look at my, my, um, my uh, touring schedule. But I believe I'm going to be in Chicago and Vermont for sure in January, and then I'm going to be in Indiana in March, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, uh, the I, Bay Area in February. I'm thinking Fantastic. we might have, clearly know. speaking, in the
0: podcast road trip to Chicago. I think I think we might. Front row. Yeah. Front seat. Super. I don't know if she recognizes us. We'll have to wear, like, T-shirts or something, you know. Like, I'll wear my leggings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll come see you, and then we'll take a picture. We'll come see you and take a picture with you. Yeah, and, add it to the and, show. Okay. And when you
1: come back through St. Louis, please let us know. We'll we'd love to have a glass of wine in person. So. If you
2: drink wine, thank you so much Or anything uh, else. I don't, but I could I'll drink any uh, anything else. Quite honestly, okay. but, uh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I <you> love wine. <laughs> it's, it's part <laughs> of maybe. Sh- it's, maybe your dorkdom is wine. Oh uh,
1: well, it's
0: definitely one of my
1: dorkdoms. It's definitely sure.
0: Emily's, and she's brought me along so that I, you know, my okay. I, I appreciate wine much more on a on the uh, the whole the the whole aspect of it versus just. Volume drinking of wine. So I've, I've, I have improved some there. I've, I've educated, been educated on the show. So anyway, we'll Jackie, you have, yeah, a, thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Best of luck with the upcoming tour you're going on now. Hopefully, we'll see you in, um, in Chicago and, uh, at yeah. your show and we will, um, definitely listen. And uh, subscribe and become, you know, even All bigger of fans. Yeah, of, yeah. Of you, so. and, and thank you for paving the way for many
1: other female comics out there. Yeah. Cheers to you. Cheers. Thank you.
0: Cheers. Bye-bye. Yeah.
1: Bye-bye. Oh, and by the way.
0: Clitoris.
1: In French is masculine. La clitoris.
2: No.